and welcome to the ninth episode of your, the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I'm Samantha Blackman, one of your co-hosts. I'm an associate professor at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I specialize in rhetoric and composition, uh, and more specifically in minority rhetorics and uh, digital rhetoric slash digital humanities, depending on what the buzzword of the or buzz phrase of the week is. I'm joined tonight, as always, by my wonderful, lovely two co-hosts, um, who will take the opportunity to introduce themselves. All right, I'll go. My name is Alex Lane. I am a PhD student in rhetoric and composition at Purdue University, specializing in professional writing and rhetoric technology and digital writing. And I just had a horrifying flashback from when I was younger about playing a game on the Sega Genesis called Balls. So that's all. Yes, and you've done a, a wonderful job of scarring us all by sharing us uh, sharing with us the song. Yeah, the, the theme song behind the Balls theme song is behind uh, particularly balls. horrifying. I shall never forget it. <laughs> Good uh, Lord. <laughs> I am Sarah White, and I teach up to the north of these two in Westville, Indiana, at Purdue North Central, uh, also known as Punk, I think, to the rest of the uh, system. And... Um, I teach uh, composition and creative writing and whatever else they let me, and uh, I also take a look at video games and analysis of such. So that's what I know about myself. What do you guys know? <laughs> Not much at all. <clears throat> all right. So <clears throat> as always, we're going we're going to go do our regular thing tonight. We'll start with what you've been playing, move to what you've been reading, and adding to. Uh, our, one of our more recent additions, what you've been drinking or what are you drinking? Um, and uh, since I'm in the doghouse tonight for being late, I'll go ahead and start. Um, and people can join in as they see fit. What have I been playing? Well, I've been doing a lot of driving for the last couple of weeks. So when I've been coming home at night, um, after I get the kid down, I've been wanting to decompress. So basically what I've been playing nonstop, obsessively, like a crazy woman, and Alex can attest to why this Absolutely is such, a, I can. Why this is such an obsessive thing. In fact, I'm talks. itching to get this podcast over with so I can go play again. I haven't <laughs> had that feeling since I first started WoW. <laughs> it's wow. a wonderful, um, uh, wonderful uh, Xbox Live Arcade game. Uh, called World of Kef Keflings. Um, it's the second iteration of the Keflings games. Um, the first was Kingdom of Keflings, and, and now they've expanded it. And there are worlds that you must go to. Um, it's a really strange little... Um, it's a really strange little addictive game that's kind of like... I described it earlier as a combination of The Sims and Catan. Um, and... Or Catan, whichever one. Which is you want a to pretty play. accurate. I mean, and, I have only been playing for an hour or so, but that's a that's a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's good because it's got lots of resources that you have to deal with in order to build your world, uh, and you get to play with your you get to play with your um, your Xbox Live um, or your yeah your Xbox Live uh, avatar. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. You have to go through, and they, it's got questing kind of stuff built in. You have to go through and complete the narrative. You have to build certain items for certain for certain people in each of the worlds, um, and you have to build 
have to build them in order in order to get rewards that will allow you to build into the next things or give you blueprints for the next things that you're supposed to build. Um, like I said, it, it, it's very simplistic. Um, it is much like a, a cross between The Sims and Catan, um, but oddly, oddly addictive. And I've been playing every night, no matter how tired I am. I have I have just about every night for the last two weeks fallen asleep playing this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, you have. It's yeah. horrible. Um, <laughs> and once once I actually have all the achievements, I'm gonna quit. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's what they all say. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I not believe addicted. it. I can quit at any time. So <laughs> that yeah. and I've been playing, of course. <laughs> Excuse me. Still addicted to Tap Zoo on my phone, um, and playing a. Lovely, I'm getting kind of sick of that. And this, I'm gonna. You can. I am too. But I've been playing it a lot, and um, I'm gonna blame this one on um, Sarah. Oh. Who's been talking about these damn things um, for for this weeks now? Puzzle ones. Yeah, those find ones. The is this one's called Awakening the Dreamless Castle. Um, I don't know if I bought this or if it was free or because you know I don't know I don't know what the hell I do on on iTunes half the time. Um, like I, I just black out and all of a sudden I have like <laughs> six hundred or or six thousand Xbox Live points and I'm like, how did that happen? I'm gonna buy everything now. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what happens to me on iTunes too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so this is one of those like found object games yes. um, that I've been playing on my iPhone. Like They're I said, so I blame cool. it on Sarah because I got. You know, she talked. She's talked about it so damn much for the last month that I started dreaming about it. Waking up, going, <laughs> found objects. Um, <laughs> I found it. Exactly. Jerry can, awesome. damn it, Jerry can, <laughs> Jerry can, whatever that is. <laughs> the weirdest one ever. Yeah, Jerry can. So this was pretty interesting because it's not just found objects, but other little puzzles that you have to complete in order to to do the game. Um, and that's basically what's been taking up my entire life for the last uh, for the last couple of weeks. I did actually, um, <clears throat> after our last meeting, buy um, Order in Chaos, which is the game loft. Um, oh, and I should also say that the Awakening, uh, the Dreamless Castle, is a Big Fish Games game. Um, or, but I've bought Order in Chaos, which is supposed to be the iOS equivalent to WoW. Um, and it came from, it comes from Gameloft. Um, How was it? Did you try it out yet? You know, I have created a character, but um, like I said, I've been driving a lot for the last two weeks. A lot of my time, a lot of folks know, has been sit-fit in the hospital waiting room. Um, mm. But, <clears throat> or in hospital rooms, not waiting rooms specifically. Um, but <clears throat> while the, the hospital network, like, gave me enough access to uh, create my character and stuff. I think that the game takes you to a different server when you actually sign on to play. Um, because it won't, it won't just run on 3G. It has to have wireless. Mm. So I haven't been able to actually... I've been able to create my character and all, but I haven't actually been able to go into the world to play. Um, and now that I'll hopefully be spending a lot less time in the hospital for a very, very long time... Um, I'll probably try to sit down and, and play um, either on my iPhone or my iPad really soon. Um, but it was a—it's a pretty cute game. It, it looks a lot like WoW. 
Right. Um, the characters look a lot like WoW. There are, um, I think, four class, uh, four races in this one um, instead of the multitude of races that you have in WoW. Um, it, the gameplay looks a lot like WoW. Um, it, I think the game was like five ninety nine or six ninety nine, and then it actually does have a subscription price. It's like ninety nine cents a month, or you get three months for a dollar ninety nine, or six months for like which is a great deal. Which but... is a great deal, but you know how much am I? You know, I like right. I got to get in and actually play it because I don't know how much I would actually play a WoW clone on on um, the on iPad my, on my iPad. Yeah, because I can't really see it. I, well, I'm going to try it on my iPhone and see how it is. Yeah, but that's what I've been playing. Okay, I'll go next. I feel like I'm second in order this week. I don't mean to do that. Um, yeah, you always do that. Uh, <laughs> you're always a jerk. It's fine. Um, so what we expect from you? Hypothetical. Uh, I have. Be quiet. My turn. I have. <laughs> I have been playing uh, World of Keflings. I bought it this afternoon, and I've been playing it. Um, actually, like, uh, I was sitting there talking. To, we have some friends over tonight in the in the basement playing uh, poker as we speak. Um, they came over, I talked for a little bit, I went and sat down and all of a sudden I blinked and like several hours had passed and it was almost time for the podcast. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Cause I had been so sucked into world of Keflings. Um, it's, it's just really fun. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sam kind of explained that, but that's what I've been doing. My only issue with it is, is that, um, my husband set up his avatar. So I'm like walking around the world, the the world with this guy that has like a Fu Manchu and a mullet and a, and a trucker's cap. And I really wish that I could play as a different looking character. Get your own damn Xbox live account. I know I got to get a second Xbox. I'm, I will eventually, (laughs) but I only make $5 a thousand dollars every six years. Not according to my dream. <laughs> That's right. According to Sarah's dream, everyone in Retcomp makes six hundred thousand dollars yeah. a year. I I should regale you with this, Samantha, because I I had this dream. No kidding, last night. I don't know what caused it, but my one of my friends who's in Retcomp confessed to me that people that study you know rhetoric and composition make six hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, good lord, somebody. I know, and I and I was like, wait a minute, I only me make up. like you know way less. And then and, and no kidding, in the back of my mind, in my dream, I'm like. Wow, Samantha Blackman must make like a million dollars. Nice. <laughs> I'll tell so you, rubbish. it's not true, but okay. <laughs> We're all well, rich in her mind. That's how the math went. I'm like, if she makes six hundred, Samantha Blackman must make like a thousand. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that I woke up and I'm like, wait a minute, that's so wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, so then, um, I've also been playing Glitch, beta testing Glitch, um, which is this new game. It's like a, it's like a platformer, time management type of game. Um, I'm not thrilled about it so far. I was at first, I'm like, this is really cool. But then I kept playing it for a few hours and like all the stuff that was cool at first, that's the only thing you're able to do. So like I can hug trees and harvest them and I can like hug pigs and then they give me meat and things like that. And that's all I've been able to do so far. So, um, I'm quickly fading interest in that. It's supposed to be this new MMO flash, like the first flash MMO, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll update next week once I've played it longer. But th- that's all I've been playing. Okay. Well, I guess that leaves me with what I'm playing. Um, as I confessed to Alex before the podcast, uh, we at the end of the semester with the 5-5 five, five load, 
being maid of honor in a wedding and spreading my ankle gloriously um, and starting a new uh, four-week semester, I've been a little pinched. Um, yeah, that said, today, though, uh, I, I learned that Angry Birds can be played for free on Google Chrome. And I immediately began playing it because, you know, it's that kind of game where you have to. And then I thought, I'm never going to get anything done because I keep launching these birds towards these green pigs in order to knock them down. I mean, it's the most simplistic, crazy, absurd game and i i've had i've heard it called this generation's pac-man and i could see that oh yeah that's totally fair i think i think that that could be i mean I don't, we're not quite wearing angry bird shirts yet and there's not like an angry bird. oh i don't know i'm sure there's a pretty big cult following <laughs> no there could they, be. if you go to the mall there are angry bird shirts everywhere okay there um, you go and i was at target i was at target um <laughs> last week and i actually bought a legend of zelda t-shirt there and it was right next to the Angry Birds t-shirt, which I almost right. bought. <clears throat> and I'm close. Big, I'm, I'm close. And there are huge Angry Birds, like stuffed animals. Um, and P mm. ran into a into a store at the mall yesterday when we were out buying her new sandals. <laughs> and she grabbed one out of the window and was 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 hugging it. And of course, she recognizes it from from the phone. She goes, "Mama, it's a huge one!" And everybody just turned <laughs> around and laughed like. <laughs> Because that's what we all did when we saw the huge ones at first. We're like, whoa, a huge one. I don't know what it is about the game, but it is entirely addictive. I don't know. It's totally geometry. I mean, it shows you, like, the arc of your little launch. You know, I mean, it, I hate that on the downside it's probably teaching me math. You know, like, I kind of still want to resist it. Like, ugh, geometry. But I'm like, sure it's not teaching too much math. Well, I know. But I, I, I'm like, I want to... And the little birds die, and I feel kind of bad about it. Like the ones that don't quite make the, the cut, you know, they just sort of explode or whatever in a little puff of feathers. But right, I, uh, yeah. And of course, my found game, Samantha. I mean, I still like to take a little piece, you know, at night when I'm done with everything, you know, seek my solace in finding jerry cans and um, cats and feathers and butterflies. That's a popular one, and. I don't know why that's so compulsive for me, but it is. And, th and that's all, really, that I've been doing. It's pretty lame on my end. We should preview uh, the what we've been playing for next week, Samantha. What we're gonna, For the next episode, what we're going to be talking about. Well, I know what I've got on tap. What do you got on tap? I can't pronounce it. It's something Asian, and one of my students loaned it to me. You are, it's a Wii game where you are like a paintbrush. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like Okamari or... Oh, um... um. Okamadon? Like, okay. uh, maybe something like that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Could be. Sounds interesting. I'm psyched to play it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Okamadon. I'm a little I'm a little worried about that though after Epic or, Mickey. I'm trying to remember if it was a there's Okamadon and then there's Okami. No, I have Okami. That's what I have. Okay, that's the one for the Wii. Okamadon. Yep. Okami mm -hmm. is the one for the DS. Yep, Okami is what I have. Yeah, I knew there were two of them. Okay. The the version for the DS is Okami Don. Well, hopefully it's better than Epic Mickey, even though. Oh my God, Epic Mickey was horrible. You guys are down on the Epic. So. I ha I still have yet to play this thing. You don't need to. <laughs> okay. But anyway, yeah. So our in two weeks, I'm very excited about. 
Dun, da, da, da. Oh, Alex and I have both already discussed this, and <laughs> I pre-ordered mine a long time ago. And I'm now I'm just trying to figure out how to how to quickly how to most quickly get it. La Noir into mm-hmm. my house is La Noir. <gasps> yeah, I thought about pre-ordering it too today. See if you get it, then we can all talk about it in two weeks. Well, my birthday is on Monday, and so I thought, happy birthday to me. It's your birthday you know? Monday because you're my birthday yeah. Sunday. <laughs> That is super exciting. It's pretty close. See, L.A. Noir for everybody. L.A. Noir. I, I thought about getting it for myself because I'm like, it's my birthday. You absolutely should. You should. And I'm gonna party like it's my birthday, and I don't give up, you know, because it's my birthday. You know. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. See, there you go. L.A. Noir. It's gonna happen right now, you guys. Just don't as, go around talking about Charlotte Bronte or whatever. No, as we podcast, it's about to happen. I'm going to Amazon right now. Yeah. Don't. Oh. Do oh, you have a GameStop near you? I mean, yeah, I do. Order at GameStop. Really? Yeah. You get you get a cool thing, right? You get a you get well. I'm done. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't say GameStop. Order it somewhere where you can go in and pick it up. <laughs> okay. I'm always I'm always kind of iffy because I've I've had heard people's horror stories about same day delivery, same release day delivery from Amazon and getting their stuff like a week late. That's right. Um. So. So we have this whole plan about me going to Walmart at midnight and buying my copy and then setting up a series of computers and Xboxes at, up at Havilon where, um, where we have our offices and then having like a marathon there, which there would go. be pretty sweet. Uh, $59.99 mm-hmm. at, at GameStop. I went to the website. Okay. Eligible for GameStop in-store pickup. There you go. Eligible for in-store pickup, and you get like a free every. And here's the thing, and we I think we talked about this before. Every store that you order from is giving is giving different um, incentives for Um, pre-ordering. A lot of places are giving like I think think GameStop is giving um, uh, a free case Mm -hmm. as a, a, a you know a criminal case, not a case to put it in. Um, Some kind of bundle they're offering for seventy-seven ninety-eight. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, I didn't order mine from GameStop anyway, but okay, okay. I might order mine from somewhere that's like open at midnight, so I can pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've already ordered it. I might cancel my other pre-order and okay, because I'm that desperate. I am so dying for this game, and the closer it it's gets, the more I want it now. It's supposed to be awesome. <laughs> it's supposed to be super awesome. Game to end all games. This one, I'm very excited. Also, Xbox 360. There it is. Yep. See, it's calling you. It Woo-hoo. is. It's my birthday. I mean, it's my birthday, right? I mean, right. Oh, you totally get to buy it. Okay, it's gonna happen. I think it's like one night at the bar. Live. Yeah, that is. It's happening live as we speak. It's being ordered right now. Woohoo! First how, time ever. How often does it happen? How often does it happen on a podcast? First time ever on the interwebs. That's right. Anyway, we'll all be playing it next week. Yes, we will. That is very exciting. Should okay. we move on to some news here? Yes. Oh, or what? What we got to do? What you drinking? That's oh. right. I'm sorry. Oh boy, what aren't we drinking? <laughs> Indeed, I'll go first. Yeah. Shake things drinking? up. I'm drinking a small batch brew from uh, People's Brewery here in Lafayette, and it's called Mister Brown. Mm. It is very strange and. Oh, and it's and it's all right. It's strange. Well, I drink a lot of IPAs, and this is like a—I don't know—I don't know how to describe. It. It's kind of like a malt. It's real dark. 
So it's just a little different. It's just a little different. It's like really it mellow. Yeah, no, yeah, a lot of people do, but I like it hoppy. So, uh, so it's. I think it's really good. The other people who who are here drinking it are like ooing and on over it. But um, oh, I like. Wow, I actually lingo. like their IPA better, but or Hopkilla. Oh, what is IPA? Uh, Indian Pale Ale. It's like. Oh, okay. Just a. F- I don't know. I don't really know anything about it. I just hear other people use the words, and then I start using them. I know, but it sounded cool, and I'm like, I'm so left out. <laughs> See, I like my beer darker. I'm not big. I'm not a big fan of uh, pale mm-hmm. ales. Oh, oh, I like them pale. Paler the better. But that is what I am drinking. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Fancy. And well, Samantha started before we started recording. Went. Oh, that's strong. <laughs> yeah, that's all we know. Whatever she's drinking is strong. Well, I will tell you. So I think we might have mentioned on the podcast when we were uh, at a conference, we had went to a restaurant um, in Atlanta called Sweet Georgia's Juke Joint. And they had a drink there called um, the Sneaky Sneaky. (laughs) Now, the Sneaky Sneaky was made with Firefly iced tea infused vodka Mm -hmm. and uh, lemonade. And the reason that this was this drink was so sneaky sneaky was that it didn't taste like alcohol. It tasted like, you know, the regular old Arnold Palmer half and half iced tea and lemonade. Mm. So it has been my goal since that day <laughs> to fig- find iced tea flavored vodka mm. <clears throat> so that the sneaky sneaky could be my summer drink of choice. Now, last night when I was running into the grocery store to buy milk, something called me to go down the uh, alcohol aisle. This is why you're our hero. (laughs) That's so true. Something called me. I want to be you. I know. (laughs) I'm going to buy milk for my kid and the alcohol is like, come here. Is that worse or is it worse to like idolize you for that? (laughs) I don't know. I'm doing the same thing, Alex. I'm like... Yes. <laughs> so, and in that aisle, I found this stuff called Jeremiah Weed Half and Half. Weed. It is <clears throat> Jeremiah Weed iced tea or sweet tea flavored vodka and lemonade mixed um, from the from the Yum. name I'm assuming in fifty fifty proportions. Um, and from the taste of it, yes, I'm assuming it's probably 50-50 proportions. <laughs> um, so I bought it. I'd never heard of Jeremiah Weed before, and I was pretty sure that it was probably going to give me the world's worst hangover. Um, and it was some strange rot gut. Um, so I came home, brought it home, of course, and I Googled it. And I saw the reviews online of people saying, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is the second iced tea vodka to hit the market. But, you know. It's not second to Firefly. It's, you know, just as good. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe. So that's what I'm drinking tonight is a half and half um, that is quite tasty. Is it sneaky, sneaky, though? That's what we want to know. You know I have a not... feeling it'll be a little sneaky. It, I think it's you don't know sneaky. until you stand up. That's true. Right. That is absolutely but true. But what I think it needs is I think it needs some more lemonade because it's mighty strong. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not sneaky because you know the alcohol's in this one. It's, there's no joke. <laughs> yes. See, because we used to drink that. That was like the drink around campfires in Minnesota when you're camping. Um, and I think we, if I remember correctly, we, we put a lot of lemonade in it. I think maybe even if we had the half and half, we put lemonade in it. So, yeah. You might want to maybe do what that. you have is an obvious, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> not that was sneaky. really lame. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But it's like to be me. (laughs) I think if it's gonna be if it's gonna be like the summer drink of choice, it's gotta be a little more sneaky and a little less obvious. (laughs) Because the thing is if you're out in the hot sun, you know, and drinking all day, you're gonna just get messed up if it's half and a half. It's gotta sneak. Yeah, it's gotta sneak. Gotta have a little sneak. It's it's gotta have a little bit of sneak. Are you drinking anything, Sarah? of course. I am drinking a little bit of Smirnoff. I went cheap. You guys are way above me. I, I'm going to uh, wrong with Smirnoff. A little bit of Smirnoff and um, some Pepsi Max. <laughs> so I have like Pepsi Max and Smirnoff. <laughs> so no, nothing what is sneaky that, vodka here. And Pepsi. I yeah. know. Hey, listen, ladies. I can tell you this because I've researched it. There, <laughs> if you have vodka and diet, it's like fifty calories. It's a low. It's called a, It's called a skinny bitch. That's what, that's what the drink's skin. called. Yep. I'm, I'm, it really is. Are you it. kidding me? Is that what it's really? No, called? that's actually what it's called. A, di- okay. a diet coke or diet Pepsi come. and uh, vodka. It's the lowest calories that you can get. I am for- having a skinny bitch, that's even right. though I'm kind of thick. <laughs> <laughs> you you may be thick, but your drink's bitch, not. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I was taking myself. Nothing cool. No story. Good yeah. lord! You know, I think it's the time of year. Because I keep seeing, like, at Target, every time I walk in, they have this whole, like, wall of pre-made, pre-mixed margaritas in, a, in this really pretty glass bottle called Skinny Girl Margaritas. Yeah. And it's sweetened with agave syrup. And, I haven't seen that. Which is pretty interesting. Because I'm like, Skinny Girl Margaritas, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but I guess it's how that time of year when... Clearly the powers that be think all women need to lose weight in preparation for the summer. That's, That's right. right. Get your bikinis out. <laughs> you want to go to the beach? I mean, you guys think you're feeling... I, I live up here with a beach. I mean, it's in our face constantly. Oof. That just exhausts me. 15 minutes from a beach, every, I mean, everything now is, like, skinny. There's a reason I want to go back and live in Minnesota where it's cold. <laughs> and you can bundle up. <laughs> right? You see, like, huskies running out the window at night and stuff. <laughs> Everybody's in a hoodie. That's right. <laughs> oh. Okay, News? News. Do you want to do the first one, Sam, since I posted like 50 and you know about the first one? Sure. <laughs> I read through them. I know about all of them now. <clears throat> um, <laughs> well, this was the interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. the, the upcoming game, Brink. Um, oh, gosh. Who's the publisher? Uh, well, Bethesda did the graphics, I think. Bethesda Softworks. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Um, they are boasting um, 102 quadrillion unique character variations um, in their customizable characters for their, for their new first-person shooter, Brink. Hang on. Quadrillion? Yeah, 102 quadrillion. Um, okay. Now, in that wonderful 102 quadrillion... There is not one available option for a female character. Uh uh. Yep. 
Okay. So I've been reading about the response to why they did that. And it, like, see, like, I, I do, a, I research a lot of stuff that pisses me off. But, like, this just makes me sick to my stomach. They're, like, the, you know, the, the director or whatever, whoever is in charge, I forget his name, um, says, well, you know, we had to make a choice because we wouldn't have had enough money to put into making good female characters. So it was obviously, like, a given that you would have 102 quadrillion male char- character types character variations and, and just optional to like have a woman like he, he was acting like, well, it's, you know, it's this totally n- unneeded thing that we didn't want to put money into. Like, Oh my God, that just makes me sick that you would, that he would say that. I mean, I'll, I'll pull up his quote here. I found it. Oh, did you? Yeah. His yeah. name is Paul Greveson. Um, yeah. The artist too. in charge. And he says, in fact, we did explore female characters in our early concept art. However, Given the realities of development, we had a choice between having a wide range of options, and I'd say 102 quadrillion is a fucking wide range. Mm. There it is for this week. Uh, um, (laughs) For male characters, or a much more limited set of clothing options that allow for both genders. We figured it would be the best use of our time to have a big set of quality customization objects, uh, excuse me, options for males, instead of less and lower quality for females and males. Now, the concept art that I'm looking at has dude in cargo pants, uh, knee pads, boots, mm-hmm. and a tank top. Mm-hmm. I, why a woman, why a female character couldn't wear that? I don't know. So, what's this guy's name? Paul Griefson. Paul, Paul Griefson, you can go fuck yourself. That's Woo-hoo. what I'm going to say. We can bleep that. <laughs> I second that. That's just bullshit. I just, oh, it just, seriously, it just makes me sick. Yeah, I mean, quadrillion, whatever. And, and they can't make a female character. And if you look at, if you look at our link, and I'm sure we'll post a link when we put it to our, our blog. We will now. The guy's super skinny, sort of skinny, and bulky. I mean, like, if that's what they're doing for each variation type, come on. That's yeah. crap. It's, yeah, I mean, that's, totally that's not imaginative. That's just sort of like, here's a guy with sort of a beard and a, and a skull cap, and we're going to make him skinny, fat, or not. You know, I mean, and, well, well, it just really shows, like, the second-class nature of women in these types of games. Like, they just don't care. The people designing them are, you know, men, and obviously... Well, what did they, they say? Just, uh, male characters and multiplayer shooters are never considered optional or included as an afterthought. They're mandatory. Well, yeah, right, exactly. And, like, a... Like a um, in, you know, Call of Duty doesn't have a, a... You can't choose to be a woman in Call of Duty. Like, there's no reason for that, you know? Not anymore. You know, not you can't say it's because of time period. Now, if you were, like, playing, like, Battlefield 1842 and there were no female, there were no female soldiers, I'd understand. That's right. You know, I mean, and, and seriously, the, no female characters in Call of Duty, that's a slap in the face to all the women who are fucking serving our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like there's some small indie developer with three programmers. You know, like these are huge companies. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Fuck these dudes, would, man. We yeah. should like never buy their games again. If I just wasn't so, I think the reason why it pisses me off so much is because I'm so invested in the gaming community. Like that's my life is this stuff, and like just getting slapped in the face over and over. I'm a little bitter today after doing research for our <laughs> article, Sam. Well, 
I was going to play a little bit of devil's advocate and say, as a female who's not really into shooters, I was going to be like, yeah. You know, I, I mean, you when you said that about Call of Duty and women that serve in our military, I was like, okay, I'm on board. But if it's just like a casual, like me sitting in my house, I don't really like shooters. You know what I mean? Like, but there's tons of women who do. Yeah, there okay. are tons of women who do. No, no, and, and I'll give you that. I was just going to say that I think in, in general, women just don't care for that kind of. Oh, that's bullshit, man. That's totally no. That's not no? correct. I no. call bullshit. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't. I can I only think answer something for like myself. 40% okay. of people who a forty percent of the players are women on on Black Ops, right? That's what they oh, when, yeah. they, when okay. they when it first got released. They uh, so in the first week of release, forty percent of the people playing were women. But I mean, the advertising that they used for Black Ops was was just. I mean, it was there were there were women. I love that. Ad. The in that that was a great commercial. There was a there was like the the there was the the woman in the business suit and then there was like it was kind of like a heavy girl yeah so you know they they just like see now we're gonna have to post the we're gonna have to post a link to that damn commercial too um yeah. they they push their <laughs> they push their boundaries they which makes sense and they because they recognize that women play their games now why we can't have a fucking female character uh, you're right you know you're right. I was being Elizabeth Hasselback. I was just <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I mean, like your viewpoint, Sarah, is definitely yeah. the majority. I mean, people don't yeah, think that women play shooters, but they and do. they, yeah. but but what's happening is they're they're alienating a huge market of people who will buy these games. Why are are social media games blowing up? Which I have another post development in a minute, but. Um, because because finally someone started marketing to women, you know? Right. And right. you don't have to change the whole game. You don't have to make it not a first-person shooter. But, like, just a minimal amount of inclusion, I think, would go a really long way. Like, I, I play Black Ops all the time. And I play on my pink controller. And I really wish that my character had some boobs. I You know? Yeah. Okay. And some long hair. Like, that's all you need. Just get a female character in there. Let us be represented at least a minimal amount. Give us one variation for a woman, and you can have your 102 quadrillion male variations. <laughs> Give us one, you know? No, I, I'm hearing you on that, sister. I, I think that we at least need some representation. I, I would agree. Yeah. Just give us something. Even it's just reifying that we don't belong yeah. in that type of game. Well, Which is right, basically right. what he says. I mean, really. Right. Stupid Paul. Which is ah. bullshit, because ah. I've played uh, Call of Duty before myself, and I enjoyed it, you know? Right. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Shall we move on? Sure. Uh, lineage is shutting down in North America. It's kind of boring. I'm going to go through these quickly. Uh, Dennis DX says social games market is about to crash, which I find very interesting. He says it will crash hard. Um, Gaga and Zanga, Zanga, the the. Um, social media flash game developer are hooking up for some stuff, some different uh, cross-marketing promotional something-something. So what the hell um, are they going to be doing? Are you going to do, they, like, rock band for Facebook? <laughs> what I hear is that there's going to be... Th- th- I'm not sure about this, but there's going to be Gaga content in like, in their games, like Farmville. There's, like, particular Lady Gaga things that you'll be able to buy... Oh, oh, I saw something like that. Yeah. In the news. Yeah, Gaga was teaming up with video games. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'm very excited for that. See, I'm out of the loop this week. Like I said, I've been, I've been, you know, in in hospital in hospital rooms. Oh, that's fine. That's totally. Fine. And I totally missed that. 
think yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Who well, else is going to buy Gaga themed shit in Facebook games? I think it's totally just 100% crazy, also. And it'll probably sell like but, fucking gangbusters. What I was going to say is, like, people love that shit. I was at Walmart the other day, and they have Farmville cards next to their calling cards. Like, how that's funny crazy. is that? That's crazy. That's crazy. Just think it's totally nuts. But you know what? Again, you got all these these computer programmers who are making these games. Not computer programmers. I don't play them. But all these uh, people making these games, not considering this huge market. And all of a sudden, you know, Farmville's just raking in the cash. Farmville cards at make- Walmart. At Walmart. You know, make- I never saw a Call of Duty card. I guess well, you don't really have that. They're making Gagaville. What the hell will that be? Like an American Idol? For- I don't know what Gagaville's going to be. Yeah, what the hell's Gagaville? Um, there is a story out there about uh, Navy SEALs using MMOs to train. Of course, the military's been using games for a very long time to help yeah. train. Oh, that gosh, was yeah. interesting. I mean, I a- actually, yeah, believe it or not, sorry, Samantha, there's actually a game now I saw on the news that can let you go and hunt Bin Laden, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, interesting. Yeah. They didn't waste any time to make the Flash game where you can go hunt Bin Laden. Oh, uh, wow! Subscriptions are down five percent, which I find interesting. Noteworthy. Um, I oh, like my semester is over now, and whenever my semester is over, I always um, spend a lot of time playing WoW, at least for a week. Like I don't emerge from my office, and you know what? I just haven't. I haven't. I went in and logged in for like ten minutes and was bored and. So I don't know if it's over for me because I've been playing for so long, or well, yeah, I was gonna say why? Why do you think you're kind of over it? Just yeah. well, I think like part of the expansion, plus like all the like really cool stuff, you have to get so involved, yeah, um, to like all the bleeding edge or not even bleeding edge, but but just you know decent content and game exists for people who could put in for you know four or five six hours a day, right, right, okay. Um, so I feel sort of like left behind and not willing to put in the time to get caught back up. Or are you getting like a burnout? Like between Facebook and everything, I mean, we're so connected to each other. It's like, I, I told one of my friends, I said, Facebook is sort of like a slumber party that's been going on for like three months. Ugh. You know, like where you know people just a little bit too well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I wonder if WoW is kind of having social media fatigue. You know, it's not yeah. cool anymore to like chat because we can chat all the time. You know, like. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good no, question. I don't know, because I'm still quite into um, other things, like talking to, talking to my friends and t- sending messages back and forth on Xbox Live or on Xbox Live. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think about it every month. I'm like, I'm still paying 15 bucks a month, and who knows when's the last time I signed in a while. Yeah, I think when we made that video, the... See, yeah. and now I'm thinking. I think you've just cost uh, you've just cost uh, Blizzard another fifteen bucks a month because I think when we're done tonight, I'm gonna go ahead and cancel my subscription. <laughs> That's okay so, because I I you I made them a lot of money by convincing you to buy Lich King, which means you also need to buy like every other expansion. Every right? other expansion. You know I mean? <laughs> so, so you can pin that on Alex, right? So I make like you spend a lot bucks. of money. I feel bad about that. I don't feel that bad, but I feel a little bad. You should. <laughs> You should so I'll, I'll think about maybe I'll write a post about why I'm I'm losing my love for a while. Not it'd be interesting. It's always, it's, always, it's like a first boyfriend you get, or or a girlfriend. Like you always have a special place in your heart for them, right? Nice, like I a little that. soft spot. But uh, anyway, <laughs> did that uh, Jeremiah weed catch up to you there? <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. 
Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going to just mention this really quickly because I'm getting so sick of hearing about it. But PSN downtime costing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Get your shit together, PSN. We were talking about this last night. We were talking about this last night because I was at the mall and I walked past the unnamed game store and (laughs) Mortal Kombat was there. And I was like, oh, Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation. I remember Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation from way back in the day. And I was going to buy the new Mortal Kombat. Then I was like, but I can't play against anybody. Mm. So not only did, you know, not only is PSN losing more and more money, but they're costing they're costing their game their game their game developers money because I clearly did not buy that simply because I couldn't play online, and mm-hmm. I wanted to play on the PlayStation because I mean I have fond memories of Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation. Me too. It was one of the first fighting games I played besides balls, and uh, <laughs> <See>? <laughs> like it's tied to my childhood. I I would love to play it, but if I can't play against people, why the hell am I playing? That's right. It's really unfortunate that this is happening and very irritating. And there's a huge uh, mass exodus from PlayStation right now. There's another, I don't know if I posted it up here, but there was an article on uh, Game Politics news about um, people in the UK like trading their PlayStations in for Xboxes or just for cash. Like like this huge, I can't forget the percentage they gave, but this huge percentage of people who own PlayStations are trading them in. And I would too, except I want a Blu-ray player still. But, wow. you know. Um, okay, so Gaming Angels, which is another uh, podcast, female gaming podcast, uh, is offering a National Computer Camp Scholarship, which I thought was oh, kind of weird. I also thought it was interesting that that made like the top news on this feed I was looking at, but um, that was kind of cool. And National Endowment for the Arts grants now include games. Yay, National Endowment for the Arts. Yeah. Yeah, I Maybe I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that Gates dropped all that money into games. I wonder. They're like, maybe we should do that. Or maybe it's the recognition, you know, that games can indeed be art. Absolutely. Smithsonian recognized it, yeah. Yeah. So I I think that's really exciting. So you guys get our seal of approval of the week. (laughs) To the NEA. Now give us money. Now give us (laughs) some cash. Yeah, now let's do it. All right, Sarah, you got the next three. Okie dokie. Well, what I found I thought was kind of interesting is going along with our theme um, tonight about sex and video games. I found that uh, video gaming apparently um, collapses the sexual difference in spatial aptitude, spatial skills, um, which would make sense, right? I mean, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, women, like, girl. Usually, the the conventional thought is that bo- boys, males, are uh, more adept at spatial aptitude. And what we mean by spatial aptitude is the ability to rotate something. 3D in your head. So when you take like a GRE or ACT or whatever, and they ask you those shape questions of what shape comes next, they're testing your spatial aptitude, mm-hmm. right? And I sucked those things up. Okay, I can't lie. I'm always like, I don't know, you know, this one. Um, supposedly that had to do with with the hormone uh, that happened in the in the womb, in fact. And what this is trying to say is uh, video games kind of equalize that, which I thought was very interesting indeed, because if we can use video games to kind of uh, equalize the spatial aptitude between men and women, then we are putting girls on a similar level of uh, mathematical and scientific uh, skills with boys. I mean, we're we're training them, we're training their brains, we're training their skills to compete 
with males. It seems all the more important to introduce video games early to girls. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you put it like that, we are flexing those those muscles, right? And and and, and girls. Um I didn't know about but, that hormone thing. That's I don't I was know. Gonna, about that. well, I, was, that's like, hey, I gotta say something about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I there goes me. Well, because that can't be true. I was going to well, say, I, okay. I appreciate this story, and I think it's a great idea. And I and we all know that that girls have you know different different issues with like um, fine motor skills and gross motor skills. I mean, and all of that is because of the way that that children are engendered socially, right? Mm-hmm. Girls don't play ball, so they don't you know they don't get the same kinds of hand eye coordination that boys mm-hmm. generally do. They don't develop the same kind unless they play video games, and then it starts to even itself out. This sounds too much like this, and I gotta call bullshit on this. There is some kind of biological difference between men and women. That, well, I'm you know, probably getting that. I don't know. If no, the no, no, no. You're so. not, because I, I, okay. I, I read the story. Okay. Um, and I gotta call bullshit on that. Some dude in engineering in an engineering psychology lab just decided that there's some kind of innate difference between men and women. Um, oh. Yeah. See, no, I'm not buying that. Um, I got to put bullshit on that. Well, back when I was an undergraduate, I did my research uh, paper, my comp paper, on spatial aptitude differences between men and women. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only one. Uh, It's a prevailing thought that in the womb, it's something called a hormone wash. I mean, you're in there. Part of what makes you, you know, boy, girl, whatever. Um, Supposedly, this hormone wash is what determines you know, more testosterone or whatever makes you better at spatial aptitude. Now, that could be a bullshit call there. I mean, I'm prepared. I, that was part of what my paper negotiated. But uh, this, it, there's this notion that girls are somehow hampered either by hormones, lack of hormones, or schooling. I've heard that argument as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're not as adept at spatial Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can buy that there are particular differences because of the hormone differences and other things like that that we get in the womb. Um, but I just, I, I would have to think that the fact that we do not, the girl culture, like raising a young girl, doesn't involve things that have high-end-eye coordination and spatial aptitude abilities, that has, so, if there even is, is a difference, like that would have so much more to do with it. Like, not exposing them to that stuff earlier. That's what I think, too. And that was part of what I argued in, in this paper. Is that it's actually the schooling that does it for us. Because, you know, we're told so early. Well, girls are good at language. Boys are good at that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I've heard those. Video, video games definitely equalize that. Because probably every single one of us here. I mean, I, and that's part of what my blog is going to address. I mean, very early on, I played video games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, eight years yeah. old. You know, I had no idea. I mean, the earlier we can involve girls in the idea of spatial aptitude, I suppose, will make them better and stronger at math and science. That's supposed to be the differentiating, um, I don't know, skill, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm still calling bullshit. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's go to the next one. I like the next one. Yeah, next next one. Um... Uh, I also found an article that was claiming that when men were given the choice between can you play video games or have sex, um, one out of three males said they would rather play video games than have sex, partly because it was easier, uh, the chicks are hard to please, uh, you can get the job done, uh, video games, and it, apparently the the percentage increased 
when it was a new game. So L.A. Noir, uh, Alex, <laughs> you're our woman that's married. <laughs> um, you might be out of luck for a while because if, if he has a new game, he's supposed to be less interested. I highly doubt it because I'm going to be the one playing <laughs> L.A. Noir, first of all. And according to your next news article, that's true. Yeah. that means that I'll be getting it more. That's that. Absolutely. I, you know, we, in our culture, we are indoctrinated with the notion that boy, boys are totally about guys are about to get sex. They want to have sex. So when I found this article that said they'd rather play video games than have sex, I'm like, what the hell? That what? actually that just doesn't surprise really me. Against. Really? Why? I I just yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's because I don't see that stereotype like ever playing out. Really, you know? That's well, true. Yeah. I guess there's a particular type, but I, I, I don't know. I think someone obsessed with sex wouldn't play a lot of video games, except for porn video games or something. That's true. Some of those and Japanese and games. Right. Yeah, I did, like I the vibrator or the, or the, the controller. Dead, or the, yeah, or the Dead or Alive <laughs> games. Yeah. yeah. Anything yeah, that has good jiggle physics. Good jiggle physics? No way! <laughs> jiggle <laughs> physics. You, you know uh, jiggle physics, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of sex flash games that can be played, you know. But we'll have um, to Google that once we hang up tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I was, <laughs> uh, my friend plays them. Um, yeah, I know that. Uh, I just saw that. So small stepped on the keyboard and it opened this up. I don't know. Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch out for smalls. Yeah. Um, and then the the other uh, uh, article that I found was that girls who play video games supposedly have more sex than those that don't. So I'm like they're not having sex with the guys playing video games because they'd rather play video games than have sex. That's right. And they must be having sex with the other two guys that don't play video games. There you go. Um, yeah, who are they having sex with? <laughs> supposedly, unless they're with each other, right? We're equal opportunity here. Maybe they're having sex with each other. Um, yeah, They maybe. supposedly have sex four, was it 4.3 times a week? Yeah. Girls who play video games. And women who don't, 3.3 times a week? 3.2. Oh. 3.2 times. Wow. So that's a significant okay. difference. That's like a whole other time. That's a whole uh, <laughs> sex and a half. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Halfway there? I don't know. But uh, This is going to go downhill uh, fast. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> that we, is what we're talking about this week. So. <laughs> that is true, although we only have like 10 minutes left. I know, I know. <laughs> we always part do this. Part one, part two, I think. Um, but I know that you guys had some interesting stuff to say about this. So if we want to do the main issue, you guys can go ahead. <laughs> Put you guys I mean, on the there's spot. Tons of stuff. I did a lot of research this afternoon. I mean, there's so many ways to approach video games and sexuality. Oh yeah. Um, like you said, what do you call it? Uh, techno dildonics, or you know, and there's also the Tell dildonics. right. Sorry, I also um, uh, did some research about the top sex scenes in video games and whether we should have sex in video games. That's There's all kinds of fun stuff. I know. Well, Man. hey, since nobody's gonna talk about it, <laughs> and I'm clearly drinking the obvious, obvious, as Sarah called it. <clears throat> no, I'm joking. I am so excited to hear where this is going. Go, I know, go. I'm like, I'm on board, whatever it is. Since someone's talking about it and I'm drunk, come on. <laughs> it's my turn. Um, no. To talk about sex and sexuality in video games, I think it's a really interesting thing. One, I mean, we talk about sex, sex in numerous ways and video games all the time. But one of the things that doesn't get talked about that often is is sexuality as in sexual orientation in video games. That's right. 
um, it's been talked about a bit lately because of Dragon Age, right? Mm -hmm. And dude who was pissed off because somebody was able to hit on his male character. Another guy was able to hit on his male character in Dragon Age 2 and he was just like enraged. Um, but, But what about, you know, positive... Um, what about positive uh, representations of, of homosexuality or non-standard sexuality in any way in video games? Um, I, I know one of the things that you rarely see um, is non, non, shall we say, heterosexual boy bait um, and, and the representation of lesbians in video games. Um, one of the earliest representations that I can remember, but I guess if I go back and think about it, I can find other ones, um, in video games was, and it was an NPC was in the longest journey, um, who, where April, who's our protagonist in the game, um, lives in a, in a boarding house, um, that's owned by and run by two lesbians. And she has conversations about how'd you guys meet? What kind of relationship do you have? Not in terms of what kind of sexual relationship do you have? I mean, this is, this is known that they're in a relationship, but you know, how long have you been together? All kinds of like interesting stuff that, that gave players an insight into, um, into a lesbian relationship that was being portrayed in a video game as a normal thing. Um, and I think that was one of the, that was one of the best representations even though it was a non-playing character, non-playable character that I'd seen of lesbianism in a, in a video game and a really, the first that I had seen that I could remember, um, in, in that case, and still to this day, good Lord. And it's been at least what, when did the longest journey come out? It was at least 10 years ago. Um, and to say that that's the, one of the best representations I've seen, even after 10 years, that's really sad. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, that's my thing on that. I mean, and, and other representations that you get is shit like, you know, outlaw golf, where you get, you know, the the lesbian. Oh, geez, um, outlaw golf. You know this, right? The, you, where you oh, get yeah. The, you it's... get the lesbian golfer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, by the way, Longest Journey was uh, 12 years ago. Um, <laughs> but you get outlaw golf where you get the, the lesbian golfer who who not only has slept with every guy on the football team, um, but is there basically to serve as, you know, to serve as, you know, every heterosexual guy's wet dream because mm. she's forever grinding on literally and get, and receiving lap dances from her equally overly sexualized um, female caddy. Mm. <laughs> um, the male so, gaze. Yeah, I mean, so you get you get crazy shit like this um, as res- as uh, representations of lesbianism, you know, rather than anything real, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was okay, then there was the other games. Oh, they were original PlayStation games. I own them both. I should go look and see what they are because now it's going to drive me crazy because I can't remember the name of it with the <laughs> female detectives. It'll come to me. Mm. Well, I was thinking of your of your mention of of you know the outrage of the fact that the the male character was hitting on the other guy, mm-hmm. you know. But nobody thinks about the fact that a gay gamer is playing and like has to deal with a female hitting. On, you know, what I mean, like nobody puts it in the other 
context. I mean, mm-hmm. like a, a lesbian gamer who has to play a character that has males hitting on her. You know what I mean? Like, or has to play this hypersexualized female that's clearly designed for the heterosexual male. I mean, or women. Be, I mean, even just women in general get hit on. Well, ex- well, the games. Yeah, well, yeah, and they're, and they're over-sexualized, you know, everything's hanging out, it jiggles, like you said, jiggle physics. Like, I'm going to go into battle, let me grab my thong. Right, <laughs> you know, well, exactly, and my tiny little, like, uh, pasties, you know, for my right. boobs, but I mean, like, nobody considers that aspect, and it's just... I always go into battle with my pasties on, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> I leave mine at home. I don't, I don't know what a pasty is. What do you think about it, Alex? Don't Google pasty. You're for a nasty surprise. <laughs> there are th- there are several things I've had to Google this week that were not uh, that were not great because I was trying to look up a. Uh, there was a video. I forget. I now I forgot who did it again. Oh, uh, Team Unicorn. Uh, a video they did about geek and gamer girls and I, about hot geek and gamer girls. And I was, like, looking for it, looking for it, and I had to keep, like, typing in hot girl, hot geek, like, all these, like, weird combinations, and I was, like... Good luck. Moderate, moderate safe search on. <laughs> um, what do I think about our main issue? Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, with, with what we're talking about right now, I mean, like, the, 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 the sexuality, the sexuality of the avatar versus the sexuality of the player, I mean, is it... Is that a complicated thing? I mean, do you, do you feel any kind of restriction if it's a gay character or, you know, or and not? You know what I mean? Well, I think my... The biggest thing that I feel when I encounter a different type of character that's not, like, the white male combat guy yeah. is I get so excited. So, like, when when in Fable, when there were lesbian characters walking around... Um, or, you know, other gay characters walking around like that, that to me was like, that made the game so much better because it was like more representational, more, more realistic. Um, and it seemed like it allowed me to be more immersed in the game because it seemed like it wasn't just this heterosexual white male world anymore. So Mm -hmm. like, I totally got into the game because of that. So like, if I was able to play a like gay male character, I, Mm -hmm. I think that would be, I think it would be great. I think I would, I think I would enjoy that. It adds to the idea of choice and agency. Sure. Yeah. I think, which is what I think every good game seeks to. Right. And I mean, a game, whoever's developing these games are obviously pretty lazy. If you have been coming up with the same protagonist over and over and over, you know, and then when you have something like, like the games with uh, women protagonists, some of the biggest games in the past 20 years, you know, like, uh, like Tomb Raider or Resident Evil and like these huge games and with, with female characters, although they're over sexualized and, and of things of course, but, um, I, I, I'm surprised that they keep coming out with the same type of game when yeah. those types of games have so much success. Yeah. Fear effect. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, that was the name of the game. <laughs> Oh, oh, I thought you were saying it was fear. I'm like, yeah, I like that. It was totally true that. Yeah, true. Word. it's fear. Yeah. They're afraid of developing these games. 
Oh yeah, it's, I mean it right. is. I mean seriously, I mean I'll, I'll bullshit. In fact, even though that is the name of the game, I was talking about Fear Effect and Fear Effect Two, where we had the and they were both lips, lipstick lesbians, and yeah, there was yeah, all this. It was once again heterosexual boy bait. But no, it. I think it is fear, right? It's fear of it's fear of like the asswipe who got really pissed off because somebody could hit on his male character, yeah. right? You know, but there's nothing that goes into you know playing up you know how this adds to the complexity of the character. Right. Right. And makes a better story and makes a better game in the end. Right. right. If you actually get into the nuances of a character and the realization that not all characters are the same. That's right. And I think I'm sure that's if I was on the inside, if I was heterosexual white male and it's me and it's my world and all the people creating games are like me. I think I would either fear that being taken away and all of a sudden becoming something that's not, you know, my thing or, or also I don't even see it. Like it's so like women and minorities and people with alternative sexualities are like so peripheral to me that I don't even see it, you know? So. Well, in my, in my research this afternoon, I found articles that said, does sexuality period belong in games at all? I mean, do we need to have characters having sex, hooking up, kissing? I mean, I don't think we can. I mean, whether we should or not is not gonna. Okay. I don't think we. Well, I just mean like I don't think we get to decide that because they're gonna keep. You know, it's a. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I would agree, but I mean, it was an interesting argument. It's like, well, we're here for play. Do we have to have you know the God of War? um, I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, getting it on with these two women. He's. Yeah. having threesomes all time. And yeah. like, you know, I mean, do we, do we have to even include that in a game? I mean, is that necessary in a good narrative or is it? I mean, I don't know. A lot of movies have it these days. And I mean, is it, is a, it a necessary question. element of a narrative? If it is, okay, put it in games and make it realistic. Like we said, have homosexual, heterosexual, all the choices. If it's not necessary, well, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think it adds, <clears throat> excuse me, it adds to character depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, but there's a way to do it, right? I, yeah, I, and I worry about, like, tying sex and violence so closely. Right. Um, I just think that can't possibly be good for for us as a culture. Well, and the way it's represented. Well, <laughs> and, and the way it's represented, like you just said, in most cases, it is not with that kind of sensitivity. We've, we've mentioned several games that offer us, maybe clumsily, but they offer us an alternative. But for the majority of games, they don't. And it, it is a violence and sex combo that, you know, we've talked about Skinner Box before. I mean, like yeah. I said, we, we kind of have to do interrogate, well, what are we conditioning our generation I mean, like, you know, I mean, I I think it's worth at least asking the question, you know? Yeah. Indeed. (laughs) We're almost out of time. I know. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I I know. Uh, Which is why we should probably just have a part two. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about this next week again and then... Because there's so much we haven't touched. Yeah. There's so much we haven't touched on. This will be a good precursor so people know where we're going. Yeah. So this is is the... Just okay. a little taste now to get you hooked. Then you'll be back for more. <laughs> Yo, the first one's free. The first one's free. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to start calling the 900 number. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> we'll call her Dr. Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Okay, deals for broke-ass gamers. Okay. Good Old Games has Atari Strategy Games, 50% off, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. That is a pretty sweet deal. 
that was very exciting. Amazon had crappy ones and the ones that I talked about last week, but they also had three dot game heroes for sixty two percent off and buy two get three D buy two three DS games, save twenty five dollars. But there still aren't two damn good games for three D for other three DS. That's right, I remember you saying that, so eh. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time three DS comes out next month. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. I'm holding out for that one. You should hold up for that one. Uh, on Steam, 75% off Serious Sam HD, which um, I, I haven't played, but the cover of it is this guy sitting in this chair, kind of like laid back, legs laid with like a gun in his hand down by his genitals area. So I'm very not excited about that. Um, and then Deus Ex and Duke Nukem are 10% off, which I would not recommend. Duke Nukem. I, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me enough to play Duke Nukem, so. No. After, after I find out, after I found out about the uh, Vegas strip uh club they had their they had their demo party demo slash announcement party at a strip club in vegas nice yeah way to include your female journalists well women don't leave the kitchens anyway so it's fine yeah yeah so uh yeah that's all i have for deals for broke ass gamers i know Well, you can always go and for your broke-ass gamers, just blow your budget and say to hell with it and go ahead and order, pre-order L.A. Noir so you can play. Which I did. (laughs) Which I did on air, on live. I I ponied up. That is great. And the deal for broke-ass gamers on my end is Angry Birds for free on Google Chrome. That's right. That is a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. It is. It's awesome. I was playing it, and I was completely addicted, so... All right. Well, um, as always, folks, if you would like to send questions, um, send comments, uh, please feel free to email us at nymgamer at gmail.com. Visit our blog um, at nymgamer.com and see our kind of between podcast posts where we write all kinds of uh, interesting, intelligent, and pithy things on a semi-regular basis. The end of the semester <laughs> had us all float down. The last two weeks, we didn't uh, have anything, but we well, will. Mine's pithy. Yeah, mine, I, I've, I've got, got stuff floating in the old brain box. There you Just go. Right. And if you're on Facebook, come by and like our page on Facebook. Um, we like for people to like our page on Facebook. Simply so it looks Why like a lot you of people like, like us. Me. Um, <laughs> And these are all important things. So remember, in two weeks, um, not only will all three of us be talking about what we thought about L.A. Noir, yes, but we will also be talking about um, sexuality and video games um, more. Um, so it promises to be a very exciting, uh, very exciting week, and it's actually our tenth episode, and we're gonna have something special for our tenth episode. We don't know what it is yet, so you don't know what it is yet. Um, I have a few things in mind. I do too. It's gonna be a party. Yes, it is. Party. There may be sneaky sneakies involved. Sneaky. (laughs) I'll take the obvious, obvious. (laughs) Yeah. So once again, uh, folks, thanks for joining us for our ninth episode. Gosh, it's been nine whole episodes, and we're still having fun of the Not Your Mama's (laughs) Game of Podcasts. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, beforehand if you are so inclined and if not we'll look forward definitely to talking to you in two weeks um that's all we got have a great two weeks folks bye